Good morning and welcome to Colts 101 with Katie Gildemeister. Today I'm here to discuss the 1970s cult called Children of God. So let's start with some background information. The leader was David Burke and he started this group and it is believed by many to be the best Christian group in the world. They had lots of followers and the craziest part was that David Burke was a very elusive figure. This was different compared to many of the cults, such as Jonestown, where everybody knew their leader and everybody saw them speak. In this cult, David Burke was portrayed through cartoons and literature. He never preached in public and never allowed photographs. His main form of communication was by Mo letters. In these letters, he would tell people what to do, such as like how to wipe your butt, for example, or what to wear. He controlled every single aspect of their lives. The amount of control he had over his people was mind-boggling to me. Like, all he did was just speak through his letters and through cartoons and everybody followed his words like they were a message from God. They literally believed that his writings were inspired by God. They also had this crazy belief that there was an end time, as they put it. They believed that in the year 1993, that the world would end and Christ would return. Everything they did was geared towards this end time. Now here's where the disturbing part comes in. David Berg advertised that sharing was a way of communicating with God and embracing him. So they shared everything. They shared homes and they also shared sexual partners. The women were obligated to if the men asked. If they said no, they were shamed upon. It got to a point where women were obligated to do these tasks called flirty fishing. It's basically where they go out to bars and they prostitute themselves to share the meaning of God. By having sex with them, that means they're sharing the love of God and embracing their cult. Now I'm going to be interviewing Betty Rose, a former member of the cult Children of God. Hello, Mrs. Rose. Thank you so much for coming in today. Here's my first question. Can you elaborate more on what these Mo letters said? Sure. These letters basically controlled our lives, and they weren't just letters. They would air TV shows on how to behave and how our children should behave. These letters would tell us things like how to wipe our butt, four sheets of toilet paper, no more, because if you use more, you're being wasteful and bad to the Lord. And did these letters advertise the term end time? And what did that mean to you? Oh my, well the end time was a huge deal. I was, I was terrified that if I left the group, something horrible would happen to me. And that when the world ended, I would die off and I wouldn't go to heaven. See, David Berg just controlled our lives by saying that if we left the group something horrible would happen to us and that's why I stayed through all the travesty and everything that I went through. It was really 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 hard. If you don't mind sharing can you tell us your experience with flirty fishing and the bouncing around of different men in the cult? Oh well yes. Flirty fishing was when I would go around to different bars and it was very very hard for me because I have two children, ages 7 and 10, and they were old enough to kind of get what was going on. They would ask me questions like, Mommy, why isn't that man leaving? Mommy, why is he in your room? 
and I just didn't know how to answer it. And my 10-year-old soon discovered, because they were, they were um, introduced to that at a very young age because of the wide, wide, wide knowledge of sex. And it was insane. So flirty fishing was when I would go around to different bars and I would find men and basically take them back to my room and we would have sexual relations and this was believed to be best for the Lord. I, I don't know if I can say anymore. Did you ever have a feeling that this was wrong or have a really strong urge to leave the group? Well, yes, I, I did have that feeling quite a bit, especially when my children would ask me questions like, why is that man in your room? I would wonder, what is this all for? But then I would m remember the end time in 1993 that was coming up, and Father Berg would make it, make it feel like that if I left the group, something very horrible was going to happen to me, that I was going to go to hell, that I would die, that my children would get sick. That's how we advertise the group. If you leave, something horrible will happen to you. And I know that sounds broad, but everybody believed that. And that's why he had so many faithful followers willing to do all these insanely terrible things. Now, do you know what the children's experience in this group was and how they felt about it besides them questioning you and your intentions with different men? This is where it gets really disturbing. So, children at a very young age were being um, advertised as sexual beings at ages like seven. And they would basically shoot pornographic films of these children taking their clothes off and sharing them. And it was okay for elder men to watch these videos of young children and watch young children dance in a sexual way or in a flirty way and they would have these children's strip parties where elder men would be there and children would get on stage and perform they would sing and then they would strip and if the children didn't want to strip then they were basically forced to by telling them that if they don't, they're being selfish by not sharing their bodies. Now, how did this cult end exactly? Were people getting suspicious and was it shut down? Or how did this all come to an end? Well, many of the members in this group were American and we were just in Costa Rica because we wanted to capture the love of Jesus and embrace Jesus. So, as in many cults, some people will leave. Very few people left because of the fear that something horrible would happen to you. But occasionally people would leave and they would they would share what goes on and word would get out in America. So there were investigations on David Berg, but he's such an elusive figure that it's really hard to get a hold of him. So he basically just disappeared. We stopped receiving Mo letters and we just didn't see him. So the group kind of ended in a in a abrupt way where he just stopped communicating with us, period. Thank you. And final question, 
Do you ever wonder why you stayed in that group and suffered so many different consequences from staying in it? Yes, I ask myself that every single day, but I was trapped. My mind was really trapped in that group. Father David really made me believe that if I left, I would die, or someone I loved would die, or something terrible would happen to me and that I would go to hell. So I felt like I couldn't leave, and I thought it was the best option for me, even though I had to do all these horrible deeds for different men, and my children had to do all these horrible acts. But I really, really was trapped. Thank you for coming in tonight, Miss Rose. Now, we're going to go deep into the mind and study the psychology it takes to get a big group of people to follow a leader, even if it means doing unsavory things. The Zimbardo theory was an experiment that took place in a prison, Stanford Prison Experiment, where normal children were dressed up as prison guards and they wore sunglasses that masked their face, which made them less recognizable. And this theory said that if you had something that masked your face, that dehumanized you, that you could, that you'd be okay with doing things you wouldn't usually do. And this ties back to my experiment because Later, David Berg was an elusive figure, so nobody saw him, nobody was up close with him and personal, so he wasn't human in the way where he would be in front of his people, which made it easier for him to do perverted things. The Ash Theory is all about conformity. It's a matter of how many people are in the experiment, and if it's a big number, then that person is more likely to go along with the crowd. Just like in Children of God, they had a large amount of followers, and if one person separated from the group and didn't agree with it, then they were shamed upon and they felt like they were doing something wrong. And finally, the Milgram Theory is a theory that if there's an authoritative figure telling you something to do, you're more likely to follow along with that authoritative figure says. So David Berg, through Mo Letters, tells his people what they need to do, and they follow blindly. And that'll be it for today on Katie's talk show of Colts 101. See you next time, folks.